Hell, back from the break. Hey guys, Sly here. Welcome to Oops, I Talk Politics, the left-wing political podcast where we talk about politics. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. We made it, guys. We no, we're not making it. I'm protesting this. <laughs> yeah. We didn't make it. We never yeah. make it. Because we're, we're in hell right now as a country, and I, I feel oh, like boy. saying we made it is, uh, you know, that's false information. Well, I'm, pro- I'm protesting your protest, so... Not to what? pull back the what? curtain, <laughs> but right before we started recording, we were like, Daryl, I hope your pessimism is okay. And you're like, no, nah, I just had a moment. I'm pretty over it. I think I'll be kind of positive. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> I'm positive I will be negative. <laughs> yeah. I'm positive we're in hell. <laughs> yes. So we're going to talk about protesting. Because last episode, Ooh. if you recall... <laughs> Don't boo my we... protest. We talked a little bit about protesting, and it was recorded right before this whole NFL thing, so it seemed like we were, we had our fingers on the pulse of America, but that was really just coincidental. So now we're going to go- Don't give away our secret, you asshole. We have our fingers on the pulse of America, we're the prophets, we're the, we go to, for the realist news, we're, go to website talk politics, check our shit out. (laughs) Good. Wow, this is weird, now now Sly's the one trying to- Pitch. Oops. He's the he's the Alex Jones of our show though. He's gonna start selling like man vitality. Oh, uh, uh, he is he is the craziest one too. <laughs> yeah, the Gobas there wants you to have our uh, oops, I thought Paul this podcast, but uh, <laughs> this make you a, a sexual tyrannosaur, baby. It's not, the, <laughs> it's not the globalist. You have to make it like the deep state or the establishment. Yeah, no, it's the it's the fucking conservative Nazis. Uh, some, yeah, <laughs> the anti-globalist scum, Nazis, uh, all have to get us. Uh, the Evans of the world. <laughs> Sorry, Evan. Centrist, <laughs> Centrist want us to fail. <laughs> what is happening? We're Tell me, Sean Ryan. This is where the politics is gone. Now we're going to that. There's a um, war on for our minds, and yeah, we lost. <laughs> this is why I'm protesting. Okay, so what were all the protest things, Daryl? Why? Actually, why is this? Yeah, in the news? let let me talk about an actual protester that's doing something unlike me. <laughs> uh, Colin Kaepernick is a former San Francisco 49ers quarterback, and we're he... like 69ers. I was about to say that. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't. Th- okay. <laughs> he began sitting on a bench during the anthem at preseason games in August of 2016. When asked about it asked about it Kaepernick said I have great respect for the men and women that have fought for this country they fight for freedom they fight for people they fight for liberty and justice for everyone that's not happening people are dying in vain because this country isn't holding their end of the bargain up as far as freedom and justice liberty for everybody men and women that have been in the military have come back and being treated unjustly by the country they have fought for there is police brutality people of color have been targeted by police so that's a large part of it and their government officials they're put in place by the government, so that's something that this country has to change. There's things we can do to hold them accountable. He's really, he was like referring specifically like uh, to like the Black Lives Matter uh, cops uh, killing minorities yep. in the streets. Yep. Um, Unarmed minorities specifically. At the end of August, the Army Times published a letter by ex-Seattle Seahawks player and Green Beret vet 
Nate Boyer, where he mentioned that he would be hurt if a teammate was sitting during the anthem, but that he's not judging from his actions, saying that he's never had to deal with prejudice based on the color of his skin. Kaepernick met with Boyer in September, and they came to a compromise, Boyer explaining, Cap will take the knee alongside his teammate. Soldiers take a knee in front of a fallen brother's grave, you know, to show respect. Um, mm-hmm. Fellow teammate Eric Reed also joined him alongside him during kneeling when there was a um, black person that was killed in his town by a cop or around that time and 10 or so other players across various teams joined them in one form of protest or another during that season at the end of the season Kaepernick opted out of his contract with the 49ers and became a free agent but he went um, undrafted during the draft in 2017 essentially getting blackballed by the NFL some stated that this was because he was declining as a player, but the fact remained that he was still an above-average like uh, quarterback statistically. And you also have like an NF- the NFL executives calling him an embarrassment to the to the franchise. This was last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and ironically, now uh, like uh, Kaepernick was kind of blackballed by industry, and now his actions are, are kind of echoed despite the fact that NFL blackballed him. Yeah, um, last thing I want to bring up regarding Kaepernick is that there's always the classic argument of, well, what has he done besides, you know, kneeling during the anthem and stuff? But A lot. Uh, but yeah, he's pledged to donate $1 million of his own funds to black causes and has currently donated somewhere around 900000 And on his website, it specifically lists what organizations he's pledged to and for what reasons, which is like a pretty cool thing to do. That is, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more than just, like, throwing money at something. It's actually, like, he explains why he supports the causes he does, and it just seems a lot more genuine to me. Mm-hmm. And it's probably more, and people say that shit like that, probably, Kaepernick, even kneeling, did probably more to uh, protest injustice than they did in entire fucking lives, probably. Well, yeah, yeah, because a lot of people ended up talking about the kneeling during, like, the halftime shows or the, pre, the pregame shows where, you know, this was a big thing going on because a lot of people were upset at this like why why is this guy kneeling well and one of the big arguments i constantly hear against him is by kneeling for the anthem you're like disrespecting soldiers Mm -hmm. who died the only thing is the only thing is so soldiers died to give you the right to kneel during during the anthem yeah yeah (laughs) it's one of those things that's like you know if if they if they came out when their stated goal was like we're kneeling during the anthem because fuck America and fuck soldiers. Like then you, you kind of have an argument, but when they're like, we're protesting a specific thing yeah. and a, an aspect of America that we feel like is not living up to the American dream for all Americans. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it seems strange to me to be like, well, you're spitting on soldiers. And not only that, but that he talked to a former uh, vet and he, the vet was like, don't sit during it, kneel during it to, to at least try and show your respect for the anthem and he was like this is a really cool idea and i do like i didn't mean to disrespect you or your service right yeah there and there are vets who have been uh like it's one of those things that like, gets into a weird situation where it's like there are vets who support it and vets who don't and it doesn't mean like well i have a vet on my it's like it's like yeah the racist person it's like i have a black friend who says yeah, it's okay yeah. I hate that fucking tokenism on like all all sides. Whenever like yeah, uh, everyone's trying to get a black friend to back up their cause. Yeah, it's like know? I have a vet friend who said it's okay to kneel. It's like okay, but uh, like the the larger idea is what matters more. I think. Yeah, it's more about the idea, yeah. like whether the idea sounds. That's why I always hate when people are trying to get uh, people like minorities on their side, and it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of gross. I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it as like a blanket excuse, but like no one yeah, can critique it. I know. And and, and, Kaep- and it was interesting that Kaepernick uh, uh, took the advice of somebody like that. It's, it's it shows that he cares not to not not to. Yeah, that's the important thing I was trying to say. Is like it's yeah. not yeah. like he's yeah specifically going against them anyway. 
So September of 2017 rolls around, and at a rally in Alabama, Alabama, our eloquent and tactful commander-in-chief says, Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, Get that son of the bi- son of bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. He's fired. Later adding that kneeling is total disrespect of our heritage. It is total disrespect of everything we stand for. Did you see what Kaepernick's mom responded to with that? Yeah. So something on Twitter was quoting the president saying, uh, you know, get these son, son of a bitches out of here. And she said, I guess that makes me one proud bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because they always act like uh, Kaepernick's defiant, like a sacred honor tradition, you know, uh, uh, playing the national anthem and standing before a fucking football game. Like, literally, how long has that been? In the, even yeah, the 10 years. In America? Yeah, yeah that's a new thing. Yeah, yes. and, and was, it's it's football. <laughs> yeah, the American government under George W. Bush paid the NFL millions of dollars to be more patriotic. It's crazy too because like, like it's, it's not like patriot. Pa- uh, and and it's it's yeah. it's a game. I mean, like if they were at a, like a soldier's funeral, they're all like get on your knees. Yeah. it's like <laughs> it, it's it literally is like a fucking football game. Yeah, a game yeah. That, that didn't exist or didn't exist to the level it did like thirty four years ago. I actually have a question I want to ask you guys. I support everyone who kneels and like I I'm not saying like I agree with them, but there's a lot of people that say like how do you feel about the people that say that Colin Kaepernick shouldn't have been fired? Like do you think the NFL should be He's not fired, he wasn't drafted. But you know what I mean? They have the right to not really. do that. I mean, yeah, yeah right? it's, a, it's, a, it's a question of not whether they have the right to blackball him, it's a question of are they shitty for blackballing him? And they are shitty, but yeah, and they yeah, are. no one's, no one's <laughs> going to argue that they should be forced to uh, sign a, a But a lot of people sign. do argue that, but that's one thing that I wanted to mention is because we talk about a lot, like, that's not what freedom of speech is. Like, we talked about this in a lot yeah, of episodes. Right. It that, protects like, you from the government. It protects you from the government. And that's one thing that I don't see being used a lot on the left is that, like, the NFL should be allowed to blackball him, yeah, but I'm yeah. also allowed to say fuck the NFL for Yeah, that. exactly, and you yeah. can stop watching, and if they do that, and, like, it's all it's all part of the, the, the national discourse. And d- to mention what Daryl was saying before, do you guys know of any... Have you ever seen a president call for the firing of a private like a private Citizen. organization well, if, if we did that for everything trump did have you ever seen a president <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> is that unprecedented i think unprecedented uh, yeah yeah president yeah that's what i'm trying to aim for but i um, mean like during strikes and stuff they have like reagan fired all those air traffic controllers but mm-hmm. that was for like i mean i guess you could say well it's still they're still private in they're still private workers but it was it was for like a the, all the airports in the country were shut down so he like it's bigger than just like a football man is kneeling. Yeah, football man. I just to me that that was very that was setting a dangerous precedent for me. That like the president calling for this private organization to fire employees because of the way they like use their constitutional rights. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's something people have done uh, before, but um, uh, it, it, like with everything of Trump, there was like a, a, a era of. Uh, maybe under Obama, uh, where you uh, you have to be dignified, and you have to be dignified. <laughs> Obama had to be dignified because if he didn't, the Republicans would jump on him for any fucking thing he did. Mm-hmm. But now that there's a Republican in office, he can get away with fucking uh, anything he wants. Uh, yeah, uh, did, uh, I don't, I don't know if I brought this up in a past episode already, but I saw a poll how um, evangelical Christians in just ten years ago cared the most out of all groups in the country about a president's personal morals. 
and they have gone to the lowest group now that care yeah. about a president. <laughs> that's, that's why polling out fucking useless because it's all about most of it's about party lines now. Yeah, exactly. They're like it's it's convenient, and obviously, if you're like if you're like I have to vote for Trump and he's an uh, immoral, immoral piece of shit, you're like, well, I don't care about morals anymore. They have yeah. they have that kind of shit for all, all, all groups. Like when uh, when uh, Trump won, uh, all of a sudden, like, uh, uh, Republicans were the ones that hated Russia the most. All of a sudden, after Trump won, Russia's fine. Like, it was a big yeah, deal with Russia. That's true. Like, it's just like that. Um, I was listening to a bunch of Tanahisi Coates uh, interviews today, and one of the things he brought up was just, like, how nonplussed the nation would be if, like, if it was a black president that had done anything that Trump had done. Like, yeah. if they had tapes of him talking about how it's okay to sexually harass women, it's, like, how dead his campaign would be. Yeah. Yeah. Even just imagine if Obama called someone a son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, a, that's the thing that, like, I have, I'm a criticism of Obama, like... Uh, being not progressive enough or whatever. The one thing I always feel uh, uh, bad about, though, is he's like he is such a uh, you know uh, reasonable, polite, polite, polite <laughs> man. But like, if 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 he was any more radical than he was, like a black man, a black man could not get elected being more radical than Barack Obama was. Like you have yeah. to be a pristine and perfect like Obama Absolutely, was in order yeah. to get elected. He, he had to be a well-spoken black man in order to have a chance. Who, like, graduated from fucking Yale or Harvard yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and then <laughs> had to be Which Trump still doubted that he did. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> the fact that Obama was considered, like, uh, fucking um, questionable. Like, I can't imagine any other black politician uh, being treated any better. I mean, yeah. that's just, that's par for the course of the Obamas. Because, like, Michelle is the most educated first lady we've ever had. And... The vitriol that she got was disgusting. Still too. gets, still gets. By the way, yeah. I, 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 occasionally, when I really feel self-loathing lately, I've been <laughs> checking out the Donald still on Reddit, and like they still are constantly calling her a trans man, like oh, saying yeah. saying Michael, Michael, and his gay lover a bomber or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> get, re- get ready for what Kamala Harris becomes a front uh, the front runner. Yeah. 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 about her. Yeah. Um. So the the last little bit of the. The NFL protests, if I want to bring up, is that the response to Trump's statement from the NFL has been fairly, like, unified, with many coaches and owners condemning Trump's statement and expressing unity for its players and their individual beliefs, as well as 200 players now choosing to sit or kneel during the anthem. Um, But this came with, like, a bit of a caveat, as the dialogue was skewed and shifted to make it about Trump versus the NFL, with statements from teams like Steelers, Chargers, Falcons, Cowboys, Patriots, and Jaguars pushing for, again, specifically unity rather than justice. Also, many owners talking about how they should lock arms instead as a compromise, which Trump himself tweeted that locking arms was okay, but not kneeling, which is okay. And that's, or, that's, the shitty, that's the shittiest thing now. Now they, they've all kind of compromised, and now any kind of bite to this protest is gone. So what's the point? Yeah. And a lot of teams even had their team... Uh, a lot of owners had their teams stay in the locker room, so they didn't even have yep. a chance to Specifically, th- yeah, there's teams not even showing up in order, you know, not to promote divisiveness about who, like, stands and who kneels. Divisive issues. And one famous <laughs> example of this is when Pittsburgh... Uh, the Steelers did this, and a player on their team, Alejandro Villanueva... Um, he, who's an ex-army ranger, came out to hold his hand over his heart for the anthem, and then his merchandise became the best-selling apparel for that week. And also, what's the, weird is I'm pretty sure he also said he supports people who kneel too, though. He's like, you have. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. It matters that probably what happened was was, was a right wing. Like uh, clickbait shit, probably a picture of that posted it somewhere, and all yeah. the right. Not just, I mean, every TV um, station that was airing any of the football games. Uh, they they always like I saw a lot of um, video of just up close shots of him while he had his hand over the, his heart, 
And also, fans um, have been loudly booing whenever players kneel and recording themselves, you know, burning. Yeah. It's, 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 the funny thing is, like, oh wow, uh, NFL fans are a bunch of idiot meatheads. <laughs> that, that, that's Shocking. The, that's the funny thing about all this whole thing. Sorry, I'm a bitter nerd. <laughs> it's, it's the NFL versus Trump. But like this, this is kind of like I, I, I kind of support the NFL more overall. At least in the beginning, when they were still directly protesting uh, what Kaepernick was protesting. But now it's becoming more like I really give a shit about either of you because the people that that hate this protest are the people that like fo- football, and football is a shitty sport that uh, <laughs> that basically uh, has been giving all of its players concussions and early deaths. And and not only that, but they they only suspend like really violent, aggressive, and like you know players that beat their wives or that yeah in, in, participate in dog fights. So they're like you're out for like three games, which is nothing. Yeah, and also just economically. The NFL was fucking tax exempt until like two, like three or four years ago, and that was only because they didn't want to disclose how much money the head like the head owners were making, mm. and like and all the stuff you said about like the domestic violence and how it's basically just like an uncivilized gladiatorial match watching men get brain damage, yeah. but it's like. So do you guys hate boxing too? <sighs> yes, I really yeah, hate yeah, boxing. Boxing, I, I I wouldn't mind. I I don't mind like. You, I don't mind it as much when it's like rugby and like UFC fighting. Like, yeah, it's brutal, gradatorial shit. But the fact that uh, they gave them all this protective gear just so they could bash their heads. But they all get their, they all get brain damage too. Yeah, like mm-hmm. rugby and, and UFC. Like, I don't like they exist, but at least uh, the fact that their heads aren't protected means they're less likely to bash their heads together and fucking give each other brain damage. It's just fuck 2017 <laughs> because Trump has made it where all of a sudden I'm defending the NFL, I'm on uh, Insane Clown Posse's side, <laughs> and like the ex-host of The Man Show is where I go to find out about healthcare. Yeah, I and, really and, uh, hate this fucking like, year. That's the Trump era in general. Like Now people are looking to Rex Tillerson and like Mattis, like, uh, fucking Warhawks as the reasonable man in the room because Trump is such a piece of shit. And, <laughs> and like, that's yeah. actually that's really true that you look to like some the uh, Republican people as like superheroes. It's like how when during the general election when Comey came out and said that they're reopening the case against Hillary Clinton's emails, I saw a lot of people on the left being like, "Comey's the worst," you know, he's a Trump heel. This is just so despicable and terrible. And then when he got fired for it and kept transcripts, everyone was like, "Comey's a hero. He's going to redeem the nation. He's going to like prove that Trump is a Russian plant." And it's yeah, this weird like flip flopping. Yeah, it's, it's just long. like we said. It's just what we said about the a poll thing. It's like. It, it, this is how people work. I saw that. I saw the right to the opposite, where they loved Comey at the election, and then they <laughs> yeah. they hate him now. And it's like it's the same thing. It's like whoever like, serves like your interests. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, 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 even even this discussion uh, kind of lends itself to what Daryl was saying that Trump made the NFL thing about him, and now it's about him. It, yeah. People yeah. aren't talking about the police brutality anymore. Yeah, like Colin Kaepernick was like really like he kind of changed this whole thing and made this such a national issue and now it's just about how the president's an asshole like yep. that's kind of how uh, the like the uh, you know the fucking media always dilutes every single uh political thing anyway they always uh talk about that's why they talked about it being a, a, the anthem first and uh say like, oh it's, it's about it's not about the protest it's about disrespect to the troops or whatever because they're trying to t- take out the actual message of it. So it's just like this apolitical thing yeah. of just, they're just being dicks to America or whatever. But, but, and now it's even further. Now it's not even that. It's them being dicks to America and being dicks to Trump too. Like it's, it's always something to cover. I, I love the idea of people wanting to take politics out of football during the national anthem where we're talking about how Ugh. great our country is. 
Also, like, all these obnoxious white dudes that are like, this is supposed to be my break from politics. I gotta deal with this <laughs> yeah, all I'm the sure, time. I'm sure they did a knee deep in this shit. They, yeah. they research all this fucking garbage and they're fucking so knowledgeable on all these topics. Yeah. Their brains also, are fucking melting from all the fucking Fucking who? When you're not in a position of privilege, you don't get to just turn it off. Like, if you're stuck in yeah. an impoverished neighborhood and you're not allowed to fucking vote because, like, for your candidate because of fucking gerrymandering and voter ID laws, you don't get to turn it off on Sundays. Uh, fuck, fuck those people. I, I, want that, I want to really back right now, because that's such a good point. Whenever <laughs> people say, I want to take a break from politics, it's always white, privileged, fucking mm-hmm, middle class mm-hmm. people that say that. If you're, if you're poor, if you're a minority, if you're trans, if you're anything, if you're a woman, if you're a person who's going to be hurt by these policies, you're not the type who's who taking a break from politics. You have to fucking fight for your rights. I've noticed that on, like, discussions about that kind of stuff like politics and media and games and movies that the people on the left they're never wire their politics in these things it's always i don't like what this message is saying or the political yeah. um gambit but yeah. the the people like the the centrists or the right people are the ones being like why are there politics like i want it to be not political but it's like it is it's just it speaks to you as like a person and now also, they, now also they, there's now nothing they, apolitical in the fucking yeah, that, world. That's why, yeah. why, that's why I, hate, I always bitch about centrists. That's one of my reasons I hate, hate about it. Because they always act like we kind of solved politics a long time ago. And it's only the radicals <laughs> making things political. And, and, and it's so, you know, it's obviously bullshit. Just look at our fucking country. But the act like politics is like this, this, this thing you engage in occasionally only when it's like election year. And in, in certain, certain circumstances when it's something that defines people's lives. And getting passionate about it is fucking necessary for some people. Mm-hmm. The first time I really like noticed this and got really infuriated with it, like that kind of attitude was last year. I think it was last year. It was during the 2016 election and during the Super Bowl when Beyonce came out and did Formation, which is her like protest song. I was in a room of like middle-class white people and everybody was like this is disgusting and a couple members of my family called her a savage oh. and i was like cool great this is this is awesome and they're like no but i like bruno mars he's one of the good ones <laughs> okay everything about this is the worst it's, it's just like a lot of those, those type of people they, they, they like uh they you know they made it the, the current system favors them so they don't want to change it so any type of politics disruption of the current status quo is like an ugly thing that's like only uh savages or radicals will do like it's it's yeah. so fucking Ugh, it's just it's just to be to be uh to defend uh <laughs> asshole savages asshole people is that uh a lot of these people are so ignorant of politics because they are in a position of just my life's okay mm-hmm. that yeah, they don't even realize that they like when they see people bringing this shit up they're like why are you always bringing this up i don't do this and they don't realize, like, oh, I'm in a position where I don't need to do this as much because labor unions already fought for my rights 60 yeah, years ago. But... I love that Phil's contrarian defense is these people are fucking morons. <laughs> no, they're just they're just ignorant of it. It doesn't mean you're yeah. a moron. It is a really good defense. Yeah. And to yeah. counter your point, Phil, that's the whole point of the protest is to call more attention yeah, to these things. Yeah, of course. And yeah. Yeah, I, I got into a I big agree. argument with one of my students. Not, I'm not going to say argument, but we got into a discussion. I was trying to teach him about space, but it just wasn't happening. <laughs> but It kept he, getting political, Ryan. But he asked me, he was like, how come these people have to protest? Like, can't they just do it like where, like, it doesn't, like, they're so, they're always interrupting. Like, can't they just do it somewhere else? Like, how come I have to, like, they have to force it down my throat? And I'm like, because otherwise, would you know about it? Yeah. He's like, no, I guess not. And I'm like, he like Colin Kaepernick did this so that you could so that he could show people who weren't paying attention about like issues he feels strongly about. Yeah, it's about calling like, well, attention if, to issues. 
Yeah, and he was like, why can't they just do, like, a press release or something? And I'm like, name <laughs> one press release from an NFL player in your entire lifetime. And he couldn't name one. And then he was like, yeah, I guess you're right. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually had a student say the exact same thing. It's like, oh, they're always, like, locking up traffic and stuff. Like, they're always in the way. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's that's the only way you get noticed, though. Like, that's yeah. that's what protests are for is to is to be it there and seen. One thing that I've found that's really hard to argue with people about is – just because I support his right to kneel doesn't mean I agree with him. I yeah. do. But, like, <laughs> I when I make this argument, I never make it... Because these people aren't arguing about police brutality. They're arguing with me about whether he's allowed to kneel or not. Or if he's an asshole, is what I always get. Yeah. And, like, without ever saying if I agree with him, they, like, can't wrap their head around me, uh, like, supporting someone without supporting their cause. Yeah. Like, that's and, such an insane concept to a lot of these people. And to segue into what our, my topic is, uh, my topic is about anti-protest legislation over uh, this, this the current year. And, and uh, uh, the, the way I first uh, got research about this was from the Washington Post, who had an article about it. And they brought up the Tea Party protests as an example of, like, protests that will be disrupted by these new anti-protest legislations. And you know, I don't like the Tea Party at all. I hate their, I hate their position. I hate, uh, I hate them as a faction. Yeah, I they're like never... the beginning of the call for ignorance in our society. Yeah, but I would have yeah. never said they should get arrested for protesting in the streets or disrupting these town halls yeah. or any of this shit. Like, they were against me. They're against my political beliefs, but they have a right to say that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, speaking of the actual specific legislation, uh, a lot of this, because uh, now we're getting to all these protests and stuff with Black Lives Matters, which. Uh, I mentioned we had uh, the protests from the election of Trump, uh, which resulted in some, you know, some, uh, you know, uh, some property gain damage. I would just like to point out at the women's march, there was millions of people and there wasn't a single arrest. Yeah, and, my, my, and like it's always like one, one fucking uh, women you know, going out around not breaking things. And whenever there's a fucking uh, any uh, property damage, it's like fuck about fucking property damage. Woohoo! Second of all, it's like a window gets broken. They're like, look at these this violent scum protesters right here. They but I will say, if it was your property, like if your house, I know, I'll be pissed. Yeah, I'll yeah. be pissed. But like, they're always like, that's a violent protest now. It's a, it's a riot. They'll call it. They use the term fucking riot against these. Yep, rioting and looting. Rioting and looting and shit, just because a fucking window gets broken. But anyway, uh, some so legislators have introduced bills that increase punishments for blocking highways, banning the use of masks uh, during protests. You know, targeting basically anti antifa and organizations like that. Uh, a lot of these are dead, thankfully, but they're trying to uh, give uh, people immunity who, who for drivers for basically give uh, immunity to drivers who strike down the protester by, I by accident. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, and uh, thankfully those are all dead. Uh, probably the you know the fucking time it, it came true in Charlottesville probably led to those things being a fucking political uh, noose around their fucking necks. But yeah. the fact they even tried to make that a fucking law is fucking disgusting. Yeah. that This this is like one of the most frustrating things I feel like just living in this time is because we're so acutely aware of what our politicians are doing. It's seeing them trying to come up and pass legislation like this where it's just like, it's it's so naked how evil a lot of them are. And yeah. the thing, but the thing, it's not just the politicians, it's the base too. Yes. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. My my Trump supporting family members, I these are the people that railed against Antifa and said that oh look at the, so much for the tolerant left look they like violence but they also and they're like but these Nazis were just it was just their free yeah, speech they're but they being also peaceful. 
But they also support the guys who drive their car through protesters because, like, you shouldn't be blocking the street. And I've seen them share articles about how we should turn the hoses on these people, on, like, the <laughs> yeah. le- on the, the women's march and stuff. Yeah. And, like, you, you, fuck you guys. You can't have it both ways, you pieces of fucking garbage. <laughs> like, again, it's, it's all about what side you're on. And, yeah. Like, I know. Can't both ways. Like, it's like, well, that's what humans do. They're just pieces of shit. All human beings want is to have their cake and eat it, too. That's, like, the human... Summary. Yeah, really I, know, I know you could make a case that we have said the same thing, like we should punch Nazis, mm-hmm. but like you should let the left protest. But I feel like we have at least made an effort to draw a concrete line between violent speech and nonviolent speech. Like we have tried to say where we consider it illegal and where we say legal instead of just blanket liberals are bad and deserve to be run over and conservatives are heroes even when they're Nazis. Yeah, it's yeah. like I don't think I'd support cars running over peop- any people i would definitely yeah. not i would definitely not support that i don't have to <laughs> i love that daryl's they, <laughs> they, so negative he's like well, it's like, die, that's because so then i think about like a group of rapists all lined up along <laughs> like the trolley problem no you don't like, run, them over, run over these rapists no you send them to trial <laughs> the trolley <laughs> problem. <laughs> to be fair to be fair it's like there are so, like we're gonna talk about like fucking trolley scenarios like if there's a bunch of like nazis coming to be a little black guy i'll run the fuck them over a car like, yeah <laughs> no but that's that's a self that's like a defense yeah. of an innocent that's a different philosophical <laughs> argument if someone else's life and limb is in danger can you intervene like yeah that's to go back to what i said about the tea party uh, and my thoughts about them uh, so fuck uh, them, yeah, fuck them, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but Republicans are saying, oh, these these laws are necessary to counter all these paid or professional protesters. Like, and they always oh, say like, I didn't even think about talking about that. Yeah, oh. they're always like, these are not legitimate people. They're just uh, the Soros have b- bought off all these protesters to make it seem like there's an argument against you know, make it seem like people want healthcare. Make it seem like women are mad about. <laughs> I, I like that. Not only does Soros buy out the protesters, he also buys out the Nazis too to make the white nationalists look yeah. worse. I have had so many arguments with my dad about paid protesters and paid agitators. And he's so convinced that all of these protests they are like it's, it's one of those things that all it takes for people to believe it is if because they do exist yeah. if one exists anyone could be one so it, therefore they all are them it's, it's, like, voter, it, it's, it's like voter fraud where exactly any yeah. case validates even though you're more likely to die from a, from a like a more like a shark attack than to have voter fraud committed in an election year yeah and it's like uh i see people like my aunt who supports trump saying things like not like when she sees articles like this it's not like are they paid protesters? It's why is Soros so evil? Like yeah. it's it's just a natural conclusion. deep state. Yeah, and, yeah. and to to go back to the, the Tea Party thing, like I I believe that the fucking uh, Tea Party was was at least partially astroturfed by the Koch brothers. Does that fucking mean that I would support legislation to stop them anyway? Like these people are like, if there's any possibility they're paid protesters, all of them must be shut down. Make sure there's all of them fucking <laughs> shut down. Well, I'm willing to fucking accept the fucking astroturf every once in a while just to have that fucking right to the protest. Right, the protests exist, but yeah, you know the ACLU is contesting all these bills. A lot of them are thankfully now passed through. A few of them have, but uh, the ACLU talked about saying that the Supreme Court has gone out of its way multiple occasions to point out that the streets, sidewalks, and public parks are places where the First Amendment, prote- First Amendment protections are at their most robust. The, the Supreme Court said, if you want to protest, you go to the public areas, you go to the streets. So fucking most obvious uh, constitutional right they're fucking is according to the Supreme Court. And Democrats uh, are who are fighting this legislation, as well as ACLU, they, they're saying, they, they all repeat, there are laws to make it a crime to block traffic. There are laws on the books to stop, like, the worst examples of the thing you're fighting against. All these laws are that you're supporting 
are, are there just to uh, limit protests uh, and, and make protesting a crime. Like, they literally are trying to pass laws that, like in Arizona, they tried to pass a law that if, if uh, you plan a protest and anyone that protests turns violent, anyone that protests, the, the whole, uh, uh, all the all your assets can be seized by the police. Like, this, they're, all they're trying to do is intimidate and criminalize protest activity. Law and order. A, yeah. It's, it's, they they law and order when it's really just to disincentivize you exercising your rights. Yeah, and the fact and the sad thing is is how many people like the base actually does support this because if I really truly believe if you are someone who believes against the right of protest, you are not like that's one of those un-American things ever. Yeah, yeah. I just find a funny note by the ACLU. The ACLU pointed out uh, this is a constitutional right. Your right to drive. Not only is your right your right not to be disrupted while driving not a right. Your right to drive is, is not a right. It's a privilege. Like, you literally... That's why you have a license. So you get the privilege to ri- ri- drive on public roads. Like, you're, you're, yeah. you're, like, you're fucking... You have literally no basis for the fucking... Be upset about this. Fuck off, you fucking driving piece of this shit. It's just all these... <laughs> the same, the same like, moderates that don't want, po- like, football interrupted. They're like, you know, it shouldn't... Like, so inconvenient. I'm just trying to go to work. And it's like, these people are trying to have their fucking rights protected. Yeah. Fuck like off. if women are if women are protesting because their fucking reproductive rights are being taken away, that's a lot more inconvenient than you're ten minutes late from work. You fucking selfish asshole. <laughs> Did you see that extremely biting tweet? I forgot by who, who what it was from. It was about the Las Vegas shooting, and it was that that the GOP sees the entire arsenal the shooter had as a right, but the five hundred victims going to a hospital was a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking okay, no. I was actually going to say that um, you're right that the Supreme Court on almost always case about in almost every case about the First Amendment affirms the right of freedom of expression like every time. Like literally protest is one of the most American things before we were even a nation when we were a, a bunch of colonies. I'm sure you guys all know about the Boston Tea Party, which was a violent protest, uh, destruction of property, not people. But, <laughs> um, but that doesn't count. So why, why do they have to destroy property, though? Yeah. yeah why do they destroy write a tea? letter? Couldn't yeah? Couldn't they? Couldn't they just uh, go to the free speech zone and hold up signs saying no more? Yeah. Oh, but don't kneel! Don't kneel! You can't be violent, but you can't kneel. You don't can't don't be disrespect. Quiet you, lock you can't arms. hurt anyone. You can't break anything. You can't kneel. You can't be on TV. You just go into your room and hide in the covers and say I'm protesting. Unless you're white. Unless you're white, then it's fine. Yeah. And literally though, if you look at uh, uh, like colonial history, the lead up to the Revolutionary War, the amount of protests and violent actions where people like the Boston Massacre happened because a mob was throwing shit out of the soldiers being like fuck off soldiers, we hate you. Like I mean, this this stuff is is in our like it's it's in our tradition like and then you go back to every time workers, women, minorities obtain rights it's not through, like, the benevolence of, you know, the status quo and the establishment. Yeah, like, it's we usually... finally listened to you enough that we agreed to your terms. Yeah, it's it's always, like, women marched in Seneca Falls in the mid-1800s. They they protested during World War One, got locked up and force-fed tubes down their throats uh, because they were protesting outside the White House during a wartime. The Civil Rights Movement was mass protest that had, you saw groups like the Black Panthers, which were wa- going around armed, like, following police. Um, got into shootouts with the cops, the labor unions. Wait, hold on. One thing I want to point out about yeah. the civil rights union, I mean the civil rights uh, movement. movement, is Martin Luther King at the time, because that's everybody, all white people love just to be like, can't you be like Martin Luther King? How yeah. can you have to protest like this? He was radically unpopular yeah. at Six, the time. 60% yeah. statistically. 60%. Yeah. We have uh, surveys from that time. And, and uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a great, uh, like a lot of the comic strips and like articles from that time are gone. Because probably because the people who fucking made them don't want to show them. But like, it's a great uh, newspaper clipping 
of a, of a political cartoon era set, is preserved because it was sent to Martin Luther King saying, you're, you're, you're disgusting, you're supposed to be a preacher and you're so divisive. And it's Martin Luther King in front of a uh, ruined husk of a city saying, I'll have another nonviolent protest tomorrow. Ha, oh, ha. yeah, 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 I've seen yeah. that one. <laughs> And just yeah. as an aside, everyone should read the letters from the Birmingham jail. I think it's one of the most important pieces of American literature ever written. You, you could, but, instead of reading that, just uh, watch Eyes on the Price of a Reader. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good series. But you guys, you know, everyone loves having Saturdays and, and Sundays off, right? And the eight-hour workday. Well, it wasn't just labor unions saying, can we have that? And the companies are like, okay, and the federal government signed. No, they, they, they struck, and the army was brought in in almost, well, not in every case, but in many cases, the Great Rail, uh, Railway Strike of 1877, uh, Haymarket Riot, all these big events where unions were fighting and the National Guard or army is brought in to, to break the strike. People die in these things. And I'm not saying that is good, but... Uh, it brings attention to these causes and eventually the government realizes shit people are willing to fight soldiers to uh, obtain better working conditions and, yeah yeah you know, yeah so next time you're in you're taking a break from politics and enjoying your Sunday afternoon football game thank a fucking union protester you asshole. yeah <laughs> or your lunch break that your boss has to give you <laughs> is because literally union workers protested and fought for that it, it wasn't just given I mean if you have your fucking child doesn't have to go work in a fucking sweatshop because that's still a crazy too. thing to think about <laughs> people hate unions so much these days because a lot of like they feel like they're not needed anymore but the thing is, like they 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 fought for so long to get you the things that you enjoy now, and you have to maintain them. Because and I do recognize that there is yeah. a lot of corrupt unions. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's a there that is a huge thing that the government has cracked down on. Sometimes because they're on the side of big business, and sometimes because it is really criminal corruption. Yeah, but. There's still unions have done so much to help this country, and, and largely through mass protest. And you know, I, I'm not a you know, I'm not going to defend everything unions always, ever do. And you know, there are uh, eras where unions went too far. You know, fucking what's his fucking name, Johnny Hoffa, who uh, one of the most famous uh, union leaders, uh, ties to, supposedly ties to the mafia and shit like that. Uh, but um, I'm not going to defend all that shit. But unions are at like the weakest point, like historically since. Uh, Since they were fighting and getting shot by the National Guard. Yeah, exactly. Guard. And yeah. you're going to say, like, we need to make them even weaker than they are now? And, and I mean, this this legacy of protest you see in, in every aspect of American life. It, and, like, wars have always had protests against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vietnam War saw, you know, massive student protests. Um, again, but you can't stay. Exactly. Let's say clash with the National Guard again. Uh, this is kind of like what Americans have traditionally done. And it seems like a- around the, the last generation above us, like our parents' generation. I guess because they're too young to be drafted to Vietnam, and so their lives, you know, you do drugs in the 80s, and then your life's <laughs> pretty good in the 90s, you don't get drafted anywhere. I don't know if they, like, felt like they didn't f- feel the need to go out and, and protest, unless they were gay. Baby boomers were, like, like, they were, they were, like, the most, they, they experienced, like, the brunt of all the prosperity of America after the, the World War mm-hmm. II. They really had no war, like, the white people had no war to fight. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's the big thing, is you get a lot of white prosperity at that time and then the the burden of protesting shifts to minorities yeah not only that not only like the 50s nostalgia that is make america great again but i feel like also not to step on sly's toes and rage against capitalism (laughs) but i feel like in the post-world war ii the people that grew up in schools during the cold war were spoon-fed a whole lot of bootstraps propaganda oh, yeah, about how that's like true. if you can if you work hard in capitalism you can always overcome your class and it's only if you work hard though and it's just that like 
pushing that idea that you're only poor if you're lazy and you're only unsuccessful if you're like not worth it. And also uh, it, uh, the rich people also uh, like like I talked about with the fucking media episode, rich people literally will go will fucking lose money to spread the mess that same exact message. They, they will lose money on Roger Ailes will lose money on Fox News because he's rich, he can afford to like rich people can spread afford to spread that propaganda. They can afford to uh, uh, fund schools so they can spread that propaganda. They can afford to fund the media so they can spread the propaganda. Because they will lose any, they have so much money, they can lose any amount of money to make sure the system stays as it is. Like, they're, they're, uh, ultra capitalists, no regulations, everything is bootstraps. Even, it doesn't matter how much they themselves made off public, uh, but but to, after right. after World War Two, it wasn't it wasn't just pure no regulation capitalism. Of course, it was, it was, but pretty... that's why that's, that's the irony of it all. They ignore all the uh, the, the fact that the reality of it, and they're pushing us more to their fucking rhetoric. The rhetoric. But this that, started. In, the, I feel like this this largely started in like the eighties. Yeah, That's where it really started taking hold. Uh, okay. And now we're living. Now we're now we're actually living in the free market shit. Like now we're getting to the real true deregulation. And you know, obviously, it's shit. But like they, they, they don't ever admit it, and the propaganda spreads so deep into our culture, and so many people have it ingrained into their entire identities. And not only that too, but our parents also started. They finished high school and started entering the workforce and became like productive members of society when this rhetoric started in the early yeah, 80s. Exactly. Yeah, and because I, I was gonna say before, like the post World War II era, I understand during the early Cold War why people felt that way. Um, because they first saw capitalism at home regulated enough that they felt like they had a safe job. And also when you look at let's you look at like post World War II Europe, you look at the capitalist countries in the West being b- rebuilding and being successful. And you look at the Eastern European countries that are under communism as places you don't want to live. Mm-hmm. So for them it's like I understand why they'd be like this is good, but that was again a capitalist system that had strong regulation coming out of, you know, the new deal and yeah, et cetera, and, and, et cetera. and tobacco fills sack. Like the, re- the reason why I don't uh, support capitalism is because I think eventually they'll get rid of re- regulations. But the one of the tenets of capitalism when Adam Smith founded it was you need the government to step in to prevent monopolies because monopolies will eventually uh, be anti-competitive well, yeah, by yeah. nature. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think the novel would be inevitable. That's why I don't like it, but, uh, like capitalism. But even I uh, acknowledge that the capitalism that makes it strong is a competitive nature that monopolies and all this sh- the, the fucking rich uh, pushing the propaganda, all this stuff, all deregulation, all that shit is working against. It's working against capitalism. It's, it's, all this shit is, is basically killing the parent. It's mur- This fucking yeah. monopoly is killing the, the parent that birthed the capitalism. And one yeah. thing, too, is the short gains are always so much more obvious to people than the long-term gains. Like, I remember having conversations with my dad and him saying, like, well, our taxes, we paid less taxes under George W. Bush. But they c- seem to ignore that, like, we also closed two schools a few years later. <laughs> like, th- th- they're, like, it's easy to say, like, oh, look, I got an extra $300 for my tax return this year. But not realizing, like oh, that bridge is falling apart or our roads haven't been paved. Yeah, it's and crazy like, how much people will give up program-wise as long as they get a couple more, like, you know, 3 to 5% yeah. more money each year. But anyway, what does this have to do with protests? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the point was that, uh, you know, we uh, protesting is very American. Yes. <laughs> it's, also, it's also not always peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's that point. Speaking of which, I am not an expert, but I wanted to do a little bit of research and talk about Antifa a little bit, which stands for anti-fascist. And that's like the buzzword when we talk about protests nowadays. That was when we first started talking about non-pieces like pieces of media. We were actually talking about the news. We were talking about our punch Nazi stuff. And that's where I first yeah. encountered the Antifa stuff. 
So the thing with Antifa, and everyone feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. But, <laughs> wrong. but maybe not about You're this. You're the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> but a- Antifa is basically like the movement in the left to fight fascism. And one of the main things that people criticize Antifa for is they are more forgiving of violence than other than other protest groups have been, like, mainstream protest groups, I suppose. And one of the quotes that... So I, I basically read through an editorial in the, in the New Yorker about Mark Bray's book, Antifa, the Anti-Fascist Handbook, which just came out a few years ago. And one of the quotes that I... that stood out to me was you fight them by writing letters and making phone calls so you don't have to fight them with fists you fight them with fists so you don't have to fight them with knives you fight them with knives so you don't have to fight them with guns and you fight them with guns so you don't have to fight them with tanks and that's that's based on a baltimore-based activist who goes by the name of murray that is kind of like the general mantra that antifa seems to be using is they don't want it's not and obviously there's always some bad apples but they don't want violence but they will resort to it if necessary Hmm. and that's something that i'm not really sure where i stand on but as time goes on i'm getting less and less like anti that anti anti (laughs) one of the problems with that though is that they're not like an uh by nature, they are a, a, a loose organization of self-styled, you know, fascist or not fascist, anti-fascist. Whoa, uh, anarchists, Phil got your uh, right showing. Yeah, uh, 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 they're they're uh, like a, a motley crew of anarchists, communists, and socialists that are like anyone can put on a mask and be like, I'm Antifa, and I believe violence is necessary today. So therefore, you know, they don't have like. They're not an organized group. Yeah, they don't, they don't have, like, a bar or meter saying it's time for fists or it's time oh, this for... Is, yeah, absolutely. This, this is going to get to the same argument we've been uh, doing for a long time, but the question is whether you... Uh, if Nazis are in the public square, do you wait until the problem gets worse do you, and hope that rhetoric will get rid of them? Or do you uh, uh, do you intimidate them and go, to the, go fight them on the streets to intimidate them from taking... Uh, uh, public protests and well that's that's one thing that this editorial talks about a little bit because a lot of it is centered around this event from october of 1936 called the battle of cable street where it was in london and it was this is like the event that is like the you know the boston tea party of antifa i guess <laughs> and basically there was a huge fascist movement that Sarah, where 3000 fascist black shirts and 6000 police officers came and protesters formed a blockade and they threw homemade bombs they threw marbles at the feet of police horses they turned over bur- burning vehicles or a lorry i don't know what that is <laughs> but whatever a lorry is it was on fire and they flipped it over i think it's like a truck because in Medicare Med- 1 on yes this <laughs> oh, translated a uh, truck as oh no the lorry has started to move and one of the things that that the reason why I wanted to bring up this event is because the article talks about how it pushed away the fascists and soon after that the fascist movement dwindled and like you know faded away but before that they actually saw higher turnouts and unprecedented percentage of the vote after that because Antifa was painted like exactly like they are now as this like st- like boogeyman of the left that they're coming out for you and they also there was a lot of anti-immigrant sentiments that oh they wear masks and they're they're hiding that they're immigrants trying to take away our like you know our rights and basically 
after that, fascist youth attacked London's Jewish ghetto and businesses, and they uh, they did better in the polls in 1937 than they ever had before. But Bray argues that those results don't undermine the legacy because what it did was, in response to that, it regalvanized the anti-fascists. And they continued to fight them. And then after the war, you know, during the buildup to the war and afterwards, they faded away. And the thing that I wanted to ask is, do you guys feel like Antifa is confrontational to the point that it's it's setting up this both sides are just as bad narrative? Yes, I do. I, and I, I'm going to go okay, against so my earlier I'll, 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 Before Phil goes into the spiel, I want to say my spiel. Okay. Uh, there's literally a point so I need in history, to get in first. <laughs> there's literally a point in history where... Uh, uh, leftists and Nazis were in the streets fighting. The establishment said both sides are just as bad. Both sides are just as bad. That place was was pre-Hitler. That place was Nazi Germany. It was. <laughs> no, 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 be, no, be fucking serious. Uh, Nazis and <laughs> communists literally would fight in the streets uh, before Hitler came into power. And the establishment said, we don't like Nazis that much, but you know the communists are going to upset our fucking rhetoric. Let's see where this Nazi thing goes. Uh, and the court I went. But it's, it's you say both sides are just as bad. They're literally fucking not. Nazis I'm not saying they're just as bad. bad. Even I'm not saying they're just He's not saying they're just as bad. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, saying, that's, I'm saying that's, that to your question that uh, uh, are they going to be both sides if violence gets erupts? The, not the commies were not just as bad as the Nazis in pre Nazi World War Two, and they will take a long, long fucking time before the anti fa I mean, comes it's, just it's, as bad as no, but it's not like the, communists did great things. Yeah, that's what I want to say. The thing is, the thing is with this art, with this analogy, is like. Are, are you saying that in Weimar Republic Germany, if more communists fought, they I'm, not say, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. Uh, you, you, so you're saying if communists uh, would have won, uh, uh, you're saying that was the best both worlds. If communists, <laughs> no, let's, let's I'm saying that I'm saying that the the communists were such a smaller minority than the fascists in Germany that that Nazism was actually a popular ideology, where communism was a much a much less popular one. And regardless of the amount of violence the communists used, I don't think the Nazis ever would have not come to power. That's a fair point, but uh, I think my, my main point to bring that up is saying that they're not just as bad. Like, no, they're not just as bad. But and, and but, the, but the point is that it's the, it's the public perception because I'm earlier I was saying you know labor unions fought and shot and killed for our rights, but at the same time I will say even one of the events I mentioned the Haymarket riot where one of the labor activists threw a bomb uh, that killed some cops. Um, after that, that union was so demonized, they actually lost all their members. And the unions that actually survived out of that time period were like the AFL, which did not e- ever really engage in violence. And they, they're still around today, whereas the Knights of Labor, you know, who were blamed for the bombing, uh, they, they're gone. They, they failed. So, like, I do think public perception matters a lot. Even if you're just pandering to a bunch of centrist pieces of shit, uh, you, yeah, it's, violent, it's like those, those centrists are going to be the ones going voting out and determining your laws. Yeah. Here's, here's, I want to read this one paragraph that I really love. And by the way, this article is called An Intimate History of Antifa by Daniel Penny. It's from August of this year. So the paragraph goes, so here Bray explicitly deals with the philosophical and practical problems in, of Antifa. And for the record, the uh, names of the chapters that he's talking about are five historical lessons for anti-fascists, so much for the tolerant left, no platform, (laughs) and free speech. So the chapter is literally called so much for the tolerant left. But so here he deals with the philosophical and practical problems of Antifa, violence versus nonviolence, mass movements versus militancy, choosing targets and changing tactics. Bray concedes that the practice of disrupting fascist rallies and events could be construed as a violation of the right to free speech and assembly. 
but he contends that such protections are meant to prevent the government from arresting citizens, not to prevent citizens from disrupting one another's speech. Speech is already curtailed in the U.S. by laws related to obscenity, incitement to violence, copyright infringement, press censorship during wartime, and restrictions for the incarcerated, Bray points out. Why not add one more restriction, curtailing hate speech as many European democracies do? As for the slippery slopists, afraid that Antifa will begin with fascists and eventually attack anybody who opposes them, Bray maintains that the historical record does not support this fear. Anti-fascists who have shut down local hate groups, as in Denmark, usually go dark themselves or turn their attention to other political projects rather than finding new enemies to fight. In his Atlantic piece, Beanart notes, when fascism withered after World War II, Antifa did too. I think that's an important point, is that we've had anti-fascist anti-fascist movements before we saw them in spain we saw them in germany we saw them in like after the spanish civil war there was a big one we even saw them in. Yeah, but they got like purged by the government yeah but <laughs> but we also saw like even in the 70s punk scene there was when it went hardcore in the early 80s this is a little more my expertise than mm-hmm. antifa but there was a rise of nazi punk bands and leftist like anti-punk bands like the dead kennedys pushed back at them and oftentimes in violent ways and had their own anti-fascist movement, especially in the DC scene. And then when the Nazi punks went away, Antifa didn't turn to somebody else. They just went away. Yeah. Do you uh, think so you're saying that you're saying that they're not going to become a, a, a prominent, like violent force because they disappear at once. They're not needed anymore. Like, yeah, like a superhero. Yeah. Like a superhero. And also uh, after you know, we beat up by Charlottesville, I forget the actual number, but it was like hundreds of Nazi rallies were, ca- were canceled after Charlottesville, after seeing the shit got stirred from uh, them protesting in public. Those, are, those, uh, I'm, I'm glad we live in a world where those hundreds of rallies aren't more common. Yeah, that's and- the thing is, I don't want to, su- I don't support violence, but I think that slippery slope argument of, oh, and I've gotten into arguments with people about this. I did it with many people after Charlottesville, and the whole like, oh, then they're gonna come for you next. Not if their whole thing, their name is literally anti-fascist. If I don't think that most of these people, obviously some are, but I don't think most of them are going to then turn to somebody else. I don't think they're going to become PC police or whatever the right's afraid of. I really think they're going to fight Nazis and then go away. And you know what? If they turn their attention to someone else that I don't find as deplorable as Nazis, then I'll switch sides and defend that other group. I can support them now and then not worry about the slippery slope because I could change my mind later. Yeah, and also you guys are saying, oh, what about the, what about the centrists? But I want to say this. If Mitt Romney and Mitch McConnell uh, are, <laughs> say Trump, Trump is wrong for saying both sides are bad, I'm sorry. It's a central position that both sides are not just bad. Fuck off, both of you. That's my fucking talking point. <laughs> I, I wanted to what? say, like... <laughs> Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney both said both sides are not just as bad. Trump is wrong. So fuck you, Phil, for saying, oh, centrists. No, centrists... If they're reasonable, even if the fucking Republicans can say, both sides are not just as bad. Uh, guess what? Mitt Romney lost and Mitch McConnell's going to lose his next election. They're not what the people want. Yeah, and that's that's another, that's another point. It's, it's, you know, even, even such a thing is a trap in general because uh, like, you, uh, Democrats are like, oh, we have to appeal for the centrists, appeal for the centrists, appeal for the centrists, when in reality you should be appealing for the people that don't, don't vote at all. And that, that includes, the, 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 that's because that's always the largest voting block, people that don't vote at all. Because people that do vote regularly are usually well-off white people that vote Republican. So uh, that's, that's a trap. Democrats always fall for, and I and uh, we shouldn't be falling for that anyway. But even if we were, uh, the centrist position is not to fucking uh, support both. See both sides as bad. In this case, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a very important case. This is, this is like the case I, I, we're talking about. I was gonna say it's the case that we based an episode on. Yeah, <laughs> going back to Ryan's point about like 
the the slippery slope i think to play devil's advocate aka phil um that the fear of the slippery <laughs> slope is that you um you compromise wait, 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 some of the fucking logical that doesn't mean it's not true that doesn't mean it can't be used I know, it, it, people it, use it, it incorrectly like 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 we can do a million slippery slopes for everything just to point that out this is getting ridiculous it's it's that you you're giving them too much power like you you shouldn't be giving them that much power so that when it comes time to fight back against them they're going to what power, power are we giving them it's that you're not going to i don't know that you're not going to demify them again i'm i'm mostly on your side with this like, like, like the police I, aren't going to fucking crack the skulls in if they ever uh, get any power but like the, our soul establishment is so geared towards law and order towards the establishment through all this shit like they, they, we can worry about like like million things <laughs> We can worry about all this shit if it becomes even a minor issue. It's not even a minor issue right now. This, this, things are so geared toward establishment. We can we can we can let the slope slip or whatever the fucking term is. I, I do a feel bit. a little bit of Phil's fear with the like you know what will like the majority of people think because if they see Antifa and Nazis, there's gonna be a lot of people like equating them equally or like being like. See there the are left. a lot of people that do that. Yeah, the yeah, left is violent too. Are well off white people but, who aren't who we should be appealing to anyway. We should be appealing the, to the people the, who don't. The country is 74 percent white. I mean, yeah, and a lot of those yeah. white people aren't rich and well off. And they don't vote regularly. The, the that's my problem. No, but, is... but Sly, I've talked to many, many voters. Most of the people in my life... Yeah, current I... voters. Current fucking voters. They're usually well off. Fucking... Do you get the fucking point? I'm saying... No, I get the point. Of fucking country, there's a fucking vote. You shouldn't fucking worry about the fucking no, Republican. No, Sly, Sly. <laughs> the thing is... No, no but, but listen you're... to my fucking point. Listen to my fucking point. Go ahead. No, go Sly, go you're ahead. wrong. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm fucking right. Yo, look. We fucking played this game for 20 fucking years. Thinking if we are Republican or Republican, we're going to fucking win. No, Barack Obama had it right. Even fucking Barack Obama, such a piece of shit he was, had it fucking right. You get people out to vote. You have a progressive fucking message. Don't fucking worry about the white fucking centrist. You piece of shit. <laughs> Even your fucking Barack Obama didn't do that fucking shit. And I'm not wrong. saying. We played this fucking game. We had a fucking election over it. We fucking lose when we're the fucking other Republican party. We always lose. We fucking win when we fucking have a message. Sorry, to I agree with to you. That aren't fucking voting. We fucking worry about the Republicans when they're not gonna vote for you anyway. Vote for people that fucking aren't voting right now. Sorry, I agree with you that we should be f- pushing for progressive candidates, but I disagree with you that when you say most of these people don't vote, I don't agree no, with you. Sixty percent of our countries vote. Fuck you, Phil. Right? Sixty percent of our countries fucking vote. That fucking fact. You're wrong. You're literally fucking wrong. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah yes. Sixty fucking percent. You fucking moron. 60! You love fucking white we have a much people. higher voter turnout than that. 60% of people don't not vote. What? 60% of people in this country right, don't I'm done. not vote. Not... I end the podcast. Fuck this shit. Bye, guys. No, don't leave. No, I'm sick of the fucking sick of this shit. Bye. Sly! <laughs> wow! Voter turnout <laughs> in this country is 60%. Okay, that fell in like a monotone voice was just saying like we have to worry about the centrist message and that <laughs> finished him. Okay, <laughs> that, um, that was a one hit KO you just gave him. So, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. <laughs> well, uh, I I guess check check out Sly on my comedy podcast. <laughs> we'll get it right next year when we're selling. You mean words. this podcast? <laughs> yeah. And uh, check out all the other shows at our network, CoveredRadio.com, including... I Falling in Love Montage is doing a month of all songs based on their theme song. 
and it's all movies that their theme song are based on and it's really great and their clueless episode was extra good and i love clueless so yeah so i guess thanks for listening to oops i talk politics i've been wrong about everything and a fucking (laughs) moron (laughs) i guess i've been worried about the centrists too much and i'm protesting this podcast still no i'm sick i'm fucking sick of this shit bye Oops, I ended the podcast. Radio.com, independent podcasting network. P.S. Sly did not actually quit the podcast. He'll be back next episode.